Have you been wondering what's it like to build a business and sell it in your 30s? If you do, then this episode is for you. You're listening to the Dynamic Women podcast. Each week, you'll be inspired by our global community of women. They'll share with you tools and stories to help you be dynamic in every area of life. He's your host, award-winning coach, and the CEO and founder of Dynamic Women, Diane Ralston. Hello, lovely Dynamic Women, and welcome to the Dynamic Women podcast. I'm Diane Ralston, your host, and today we have the exciting and encouraging for Dragon's Den opportunities, Miss Jen. Can you more? Hello, Jen. Hello, thanks for having me. So great yeah. to be here. Yeah, I, I really was excited to talk with you um, and have you on this show because, you know, there's, I meet people who have built a business and sold a business, but they've done it, you know, later in life, or it took them, you know, they're selling a business after 30 years, which is one of my, one of my clients is doing right now, but to be able to do it kind of earlier on in your life and then be able to sell it and then continue on with your passions. I just love that. And I thought you really need to come on this show. So why don't you give us a, a bigger intro about yourself? Let our listeners know, you know what you're passionate about and what you're up to and what you've done. Sure. Yeah. Thank you so much, Dan. Um, my name is Jennifer Kinuma, as Diane mentioned, and um, I've sort of not walked, you know, a straight and narrow path. I've, I've kind of about um, exploring life and trying new things and, and having adventures. So, you know, if I kind of go back to the beginning of my career, you know, I finished university with a bachelor in fine arts, um, always had a passion for art, um, but didn't think that I would become a professional artist. And then I sort of moved into the hospitality industry and then lived in Whistler for a period of time and worked at um, the Four Seasons in Whistler hmm. and learned, you know, a lot of great skills, a lot of great ways to take kind of take care of people and and live in that tourist sort of destination town which was phenomenal um, but I got to a point um, in that part of my career where I really needed to learn more about myself and I always had an interest in Africa and um, wanted to go and visit for myself and see what it was all about and so kind of a quick synopsis of, the, of that trip is I quit yeah. my job and volunteered um, and traveled to many countries while I was there. So I went to Kenya and Tanzania, uh, Zimbabwe, Botswana, Namibia, South Africa, and Egypt, all on that one trip. Um, and I knew when I came back that that trip would probably change me and I, I would need to do something else. Mm. And so when I came back, I kind of moved into sales, but then realized, well, I've forgotten the part of me that loves to give back. And now I'm so focused on the making money again. So I ended up leaving that job and then volunteering for a bit. And while I was kind of in that sort of in-between time of volunteering and figuring out what I wanted to do, um, a good friend of mine who I've been friends with since I was three and I were kind of just chatting like kind of having you know yeah. tea. what do we want our lives to look like what do we want to do and that kind of led us into starting on the rock and then a lot of that you know business included philanthropy and giving back and yeah. then I sold that business and now I'm you know working in marketing but also giving back so it's sort of been an, an even flow of making money and building my career but also you know learning about myself and how can I give back to your community and, and the world yeah. as well. I'm the one thing that just jumped out to me was the conversation you had with your friend yeah. about what you want to do with your life. Mm -hmm. I don't always hear about people having these kind of conversations with friends and it should be happening. And right. so do you find that you have more like these kind of deeper, more personal, real conversations with friends? 
Yeah, I would say, you know, those are the moments with friends that I love the most. Like I love having those conversations and, you know, Danielle being such a dear friend and a long friend, you know, she's somebody that I, you know, could be open with and have those conversations. I would say it's coming around again. I'm finding, you know, that conversation probably happened in our late twenties. Now I'm, you know, in my early forties and I find these conversations circling around again with friends now of me looking at their life and it's like, okay, well, what's next? And I don't know if I'm doing everything that I want to do and kind of revisiting that idea again of what is my look life look like and what do I want to change in it so I kind of find it's in a 10 year cycle looking at ourselves <laughs> yeah this is uh, I often say to to people and to audiences I speak to we need to change the conversations we're having with others so rather than a wine and wine fest where right. we just complain about life let's talk about what are our goals and our passions and what are we proud of what are our achievements what are we working towards so that friends yeah. and people around us can really support us right. and so uh, was it in one of these conversations then that just sparked this idea of the business yes. that you built and and why don't you share a little bit more about how that conversation happened to create the business? And then afterwards, I'll ask you more about what the business is. Right. So what sparked the conversation is I was currently working at a job where I wanted to volunteer um, and to, for a specific organization. And they had an after school program that supported hmm. refugee kids to Canada. So they're new to Canada and it was to help them in an after school program, get accustomed to the culture here and help them with their homework and make sure they were feeling comfortable. And because I had traveled in Africa just really touched my heart and, and something that I really wanted yeah. to be a part of. Um, so when I went, you know, to my manager at the time expressing that, you know, this happens on, you know, one day after work at four o'clock, could I adjust my schedule? So I start earlier and I can leave a little bit earlier. And then I could also still volunteer at this organization. And it took them kind of three weeks to get back to me and tell me no. And so for me, it was like, well, <laughs> my values don't match your values then. So I can no longer work for you. So I actually quit my job with nothing behind me. Cause I just, for me, that was a deal breaker. Um, and so that's how the conversation started with Danielle. Um, so how would we build a business that did le- like fulfill our values and, yes. and gave back and, and did yes. those things. So it was sort of, yeah, being told no to something that really meant a lot to me for me to really look at my values and go, well, maybe they're not aligned and maybe I need to change where I'm working. And so I did. That's so awesome. And I actually ended up ch- leaving my career because values weren't aligned. Um, But I didn't know at the time that it was a lack of alignment and values because it wasn't that obvious. It was just this kind of low, low kind of energy feeling of like not feeling fully in alignment, but feeling like maybe this is getting older. Maybe this is maybe I just need to to push harder or sleep better or eat better. Like I I didn't know why I didn't have energy. And one of the main things I now know being a coach and getting the training I have is that when your values are not being honored or you're in not in alignment with your values, it doesn't feel good and it can be a lack of energy. And so I love that you saw that and you were like, see you later, (laughs) not going to work for me. That's bold. But it seems like a lot of the things that you do are quite bold. Like I'm just going to go travel around Africa and visit these 10 different places. Africa is not, from my understanding, is it's not the easiest, most safest place to travel, especially as a female. And uh, I don't know if you traveled alone. Um, Yeah, I did do the trip alone. And that's definitely the the common reaction that I get, you know, and I did work at a company that was, you know, willing to even hold my job for that one, they were willing to hold my job for me. I just didn't know that I could, that I would feel like it was the right place for me when I came back. So um, I definitely honor the company, you know, for holding that spot for 
me when I did that trip. I think that was phenomenal for them to say, hey, leave for three months and come back when you're ready kind of thing. Wow, that's great. Um, But, you know, that was probably the hardest decision that first time going to Africa in that I worried about disappointing people. Like I worried at first, like my parents were going to think I was crazy for leaving a good job and being all settled and still relatively like, you know, three years out of university. I was 26 when I took the trip and 25 when I was planning it. But I kind of, it was like, once you pulled off that bandaid, it was like, oh, actually... I can do it. And there's still moments that, you know, feel scary now when I want to change Uh something or do something, but that one came pretty easily. And so then when it happened again, where I felt like my values aren't matching, I'd kind of done it the one time and, and and realized it would work out. So, yeah. So you have this conversation about what now? Yes. What now? So we kind of came up with a bunch of business ideas. Like what could we do? Um, It wasn't, it wasn't ice. The first thing that came to mind. Um, But what we kind of learned quickly on is like, we needed to learn a lot more about business. We were really green in um, how to start a business. Um, We went to some networking events and and met with some great people who helped guide us. So we took a course at BCIT, like kind of a business one-on-one course. And that was really helpful just to get an information and how to put together a business plan and how to do research. And um, so I would highly recommend and that to anybody that's thinking of you know starting a business um, just to get a good foundation behind you on some basic yeah. skills and so we we played around with a few business ideas and then we're hitting walls and and then I kind of went back to Africa and took another trip and when I came back my friend Danielle was like well what about this idea what about doing ice and you know the Olympics were coming up and she's like don't answer me right away just think about it and I kind of thought it was a crazy idea it's certainly not something I never thought about but it was also very basic right it's it's this one simple product Um, so maybe it was a good thing to test out in the market and and give it a try and for me this first business was always you know a way to learn so people go to school and get their MBA so people learn from real life and we chose the real life way to gain our skills and and build a business and I have no regrets Mm -hmm. so listeners I want you to think here Jen and her friend made a whole business around freezing water so (laughs) you and you think like everyone can make their own ice and restaurants have their own ice machines and they already sell it in bags in the store so what made you feel like this is a good move and this is uh, something that we can do well at? Mm-hmm. Um, well, we both knew, you know, we're really good at building relationships. We'd both kind of had that hospitality background, which um, really teaches you how to connect with people and, and build relationships. Um, we also felt that there was no real brands in the market and, um, you know, having some artistic backgrounds and marketing backgrounds, yeah. um, we felt we could change that. And so the huge differentiator for us was one that we really cared about our people and the people that we work with and, and building those relationships. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, having a fun brand that people could relate to. I mean, we were in events and, um, you know, people having celebrations. It should be something that's fun and entertaining. So, you know, we created a brand that we felt was, you know, fun and kind of joked, you know, our ice is cooler and and things like that. Just fun little (laughs) taglines that, you know, really pointed out the obvious that, you know, it's, it's ice and it's cold. Ours is cooler than, you know, the competition was sort of the tongue in cheek. So that was your unique positioning was the, not just the branding was better, but your ice was actually colder and lasted longer. Is that the the piece? Not so much. Sometimes people take that literal, the, the tagline, um, some of the specialty ice, like the ice spheres, yes, those will last longer because they're not, they're meant to only slowly dissolve into like a Supreme cocktail, but the bagged ice, um, ours were smaller and blended better. So for margaritas and things like that, mm-hmm. and they kind of didn't knock you in the face when you took a sip out of your cocktail, they were much, you know, nicer, smaller cubes. 
so the tagline was really just more tongue tongue in cheek than yeah, actual around the branding piece of it. it. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I love that. And mm-hmm. so where does Dragon's Den fit in with this? Because yeah. I, I know a lot of people are like, oh, it'd be so cool to get on there or, you know, get on there and get some funding or at least get on there and get some good PR. So how did that come into play? Right. You know, kind of seeing a lot of small businesses, you know, try out for Dragon's Den and we'd watch some episodes and we'd sort of, you know, in networking groups and, you know, come across people that had, had pitched or saw them talk about their presentation. You know, there was sort of that mm-hmm. um, curiosity that came up upon us of, you know, maybe this would be a good idea to expand our business to get some funding. Um, we had thought about, you know, expanding to other provinces at that point, but we would need external funding to do so. So that's kind of what started to trigger it. Um, obviously, there was a little bit of fear and apprehension around it because it's, you know, a big decision. It took lots of research. Um, but we really had some great support from other local business mentors in Vancouver, mm-hmm. some that had nice. been on the den, some that hadn't. Um, but we, Vancouver, one thing that I, I have to say about Vancouver is the business community in Vancouver is really phenomenal. So many supportive mm-hmm. business owners and people that just took us under their wings and supported us along the way, gave us great advice and feedback. And Dragon's Den, we had so much from, you know, FWE founder from there, Christina yes. and um, Judy Brooks was a great um, support for us and the founder of Frogbox also gave us great support and telling us you know how to apply and and some suggestions so at that point they'd already come to town and they'd left um, Dragon's Den in terms of you know doing the interviews but he suggested just sending a video so that's what we did we did a really cheesy video of us you know holding up a phone I think and um, gave our pitch to, to the Dragons and you know sent it off and then they called the next morning at like 7 a.m. And um, I luckily was still in the shower and, and hadn't answered the phone and got the voicemail so I could prepare myself for that call after calling Danielle and kind of you yes. know, freaking out with excitement. Like, oh my goodness, I didn't expect to reply that, that quickly. So yeah, and actually that. that is a really good kind of, it was lucky you said you were in the shower, but it's actually a really good thing is to screen. I screen my calls all the time. And I figure if people really want to talk to me, they'll leave a message. And so you had that opportunity to, to, to yeah. hear the message and then figure out what to say before. Exactly. Um, yeah, that's definitely a call. I didn't want to be caught off guard answering. Yeah, especially yeah. so soon right after. Yeah, yeah. So it was immediate. They were very quick. Um, but yeah. I think because we stood out and we were unique, you know, two women owning an ice business for them, I think also kind of made for possibly interesting television. Yeah. Good TV. Yeah. So you prepared to be on. Yes. yes. Harder what than I think like? we've ever prepared for anything. Um, was intense. Short, wasn't it a it was short intense. timeline, I think? Yeah, it was only I think they wanted us there in two weeks. And and we got them to extend it to three or four because we did need logistically to figure out how are we going to get our ice to Toronto where they film and we're in Vancouver. So there was some logistics (laughs) in that. And then yeah, just a power course of watching as many episodes as we could and making notes. And you know, there is something tricky when you do it in pairs and that you have to make sure your answers are going to be the same. And so we really had to quiz each other and and answer have every answer to every possible question we thought they could ask. Yeah. is very key because you can talk on the fly on something if it's just you, but if it's the two of you, that's where it definitely, it's a dance and you have to know exactly what they're going to do and where they're going to go with it. And your expressions are captured on camera. So you don't want to look surprised when your partner (laughs) answers, right? (laughs) And I have a face where, you know, I, I, 
to have trouble hiding my emotions. So I would be, yes. you know, wow. make for wow. good TV maybe, but it could be embarrassing for our company. Yeah. So listeners, I just want to kind of pull in here a bunch of things that Jen has been sharing that are tips and tricks for you. If you're preparing either to have a business or get investors or beyond something like Dragon's Den. So go and talk with people who have done what you want to do and see if they'll mentor you, see if they'll share their experience, then run your stuff past other business owners to see their insight on what you're sharing, then go and study whatever it is that you want to be a part of so that you really know how to show up and how to show up well. Um, make sure that you have that dialogue with whoever you're in so that you know exactly what you're doing. You know, look for local resources like FWE, uh, which is Forum for Women Entrepreneurs. It's in the Vancouver area. I think they have other locations as well. Um, yeah. yeah. And so there's a lot of things that you can do on the way to the success. And even if you've missed your opportunity, still try and go after it because you never know the fact that you got a call like within 24 hours um, or probably less than 24 hours after submitting the video, it gave you a real shot. So that's so cool. So I'm sure yeah, everyone I'd is say wondering. always be prepared for media because you actually don't know when they're going to call. Like we had other instances, you know, where, where people uh, called. So it's a good thing to just yeah, have, have your ducks in a row. Mm -hmm. yeah, exactly. So everyone's probably wondering right now, how many dragons wanted your offer? How was it when you actually got on the show? Did you take any of them? Did you want to take any of them? So what, what kind of happened? Maybe tell yeah. us how was it like you show up there and you have to go in the room and pitch. And so how was that part? First of all, right. So you, so you arrive because our ice melt or our, yeah, our product is ice and it melts. We were rushed through very quickly. So some people could be there all day and then not go on, but because of our product, we were rushed through, which was lucky for us. Um, so we had an afternoon time slot. It was right after lunch, I think, which was also nice because the dragons were relaxed and they'd had a, you know something to and you know you're, you are put in a room with other other people so try to like focus on yourself and not what they're doing other what they're talking about because this is your time to shine so you kind of have to put your filters on and really rushed we didn't even have time for hair and makeup like it was rushed to get our mics on and like out on the floor so it was very very quick wow. um, we had a couple models with us to um, showcase some of our products and bring them onto the set and they kind of sit there glaring at you the dragon so you go downstairs and I had to carry a tray again where my hospitality skills came into play because <laughs> I had that we brought, set of stairs yeah <laughs> we brought, yeah cocktails and they were very steep stairs and yeah and then when you walk out and they're glaring at you which is part of the kind of shtick to intimidate you and then you get, um, you know, questioned and it kind of depends how long you'll be there. You can't say for sure, but for us, it was an hour and then that gets edited down. Into oh. seven. And there's no guarantee you'll be on the show. So you could go there and do all this. And if they don't, you know, think it's going to be good for TV, you won't, you won't make it on air. So it, you're taking a risk that way as well. An hour down to seven minutes. Cause it does always feel so quick, but it's actually an hour. Holy moly. Mm -hmm. Okay. So ours was anyway, some might be quicker, yeah. some might be longer. Mm -hmm. And so did you feel it went well? Yeah, we did. You you know, the, there was definitely some humming and hawings with two of the dragons, um, but um, at the end, they, they didn't pick it up. I think there was, you know, perhaps some conflict of interest maybe for, for one of them, um, but that was okay. It was a great experience. It was a great experience of preparation. It was a lot of fun. I wanted a TV show after. I loved it. <laughs> 
um, and overall just, yeah, a really great experience and really great exposure because, you know, we, we did make it on air and they still air the episode and uh, it was on Netflix for a period of time when they were on there. So yeah, it's a great, it was a great experience overall. So for us, it worked out really well. That's awesome. You've got to be prepared. Yeah. So you learned a lot from this mm-hmm. and uh, you ran the business for seven years mm-hmm. and then you sold it. So what's that about? Because a lot of people are like, I'm building this and this is my baby and I don't really want to let it go. So yeah. you built it and you sold it, we which is true, it, yeah. which is being a true entrepreneur. Right. Yeah. And that was always the goal. It was never to hold on to forever and pass down to our you know, kids or anything like that. It wasn't, it's not my legacy. It was a great way to learn a lot about business, meet some great people and gain some great skills, have fun, you know, doing it. We have some, you know, a lot of fun memories and stories of all the events that we went to and things that we did. Mm. Um, but it was time to, time to move on and try other things. I was living in Cape Town, South Africa for two years before we sold it. Um, and I was ready to move on and do other things. I was already kind of doing other things on the side and uh, yeah, yeah an opportunity to sell it came up and, you know, that's a lot of preparation and research as well. Cause we did sell it ourselves. We didn't go through a broker, but both are good options. Just depends what you want to do. Yeah. So how did it feel the day you, I don't know how it worked for you, but the, kind of like the idea of the day you signed the paper and hand over the keys, like that kind of vibe of. Yeah. How, well, I mean, you- I wasn't really involved in any of it cause I was overseas. So there was no signing. Like I, oh. I virtually signed papers, but I didn't. Yeah ever meet the owner and I didn't ever hand over any keys that was all done by my business partner who was here so for me it was different but um it felt like a celebration it felt exciting I went out for dinner with some friends in South Africa and uh you know got to celebrate with them it would have been nice to celebrate with you know my business partner on that day but I did come back in July and and uh we went up to Whistler and did a weekend and, and a big celebration. So oh, lovely. We, did, we did celebrate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so since then you've been very passionate about your more, your philanthropic side and you're also part of Wiska. Can you explain what that is so that the listeners yeah. know? Yeah. So I sit on a board called Willing Hearts um, International Society of Canada, but it's easier to say WISCA. And um, I have been on the board and since October, and it is a volunteer, a passion project for me. Yeah. Um, and it's something I was actually a part of before I started my business. So I started with them in 2009. I connected with the founder, Hyanga, prior to that, like 2007, probably, mm-hmm. and talked to her about some of my experiences in Kenya. And she is Kenyan herself. And, you know, we sort of built a relationship from there. And she had a passion project, you know, being from Lugari, Kenya. And now being in Canada, that her wanting to go back and get back to her community. Yeah. And so we sort of connected there. Um, but once I'd started the business in 2010, I didn't have, you know, the time really at that stage to to be on the board any longer and, and give the time yeah. that I was giving in it. So um, we've sort of yeah, circled back and she asked me to come back on the board. So we're rebuilding their website and I'm doing a lot of the marketing. That's my background. Oh, lovely. And uh, yeah, getting getting set up, working with a couple um, interns from Loan that have been really helpful in getting some new marketing ideas off the and supporting me in that so great organization we you know we built a community center in Lugari so when you speak a community it's something that they didn't have they didn't have a place for wow. kids to go to a library or to learn or learn about agriculture support systems for women in healthcare and in parenting so it's a really great place for the community to come and learn different skills and they host different you know events and partner with different people to support that community and give them resources that they need yeah that sounds awesome now mm-hmm. what makes it so important for you to be involved in something philanthropic 
Oh, that's a good question. Like you could just be like, here's cut. I'm going to cut a check and I'm going to give it to that organization. Right. Or you wait till someone knocks on your door and you hand them a 50 or, you know, whatever, like, but right. this is actually putting time and energy and your skills into giving back. So what makes that important for you? Right. I I think, you know, it's a hard, in some ways, a hard question to answer because in some ways I just do it and I don't know I don't know if I always just think about it but something just in my heart that I want to connect with the people and I want to make a difference the best that I can and you know we all have different ways in which we do that and sometimes the check is what's needed and for those that are giving checks don't feel bad it's just a check that's also really needed and I think maybe you know having been to the country and and meeting a lot of the young children and orphans and you really do have to do your research because not every organization is you know, a good one to donate to or to volunteer with. Um, but knowing Hyanga personally and, and so many of the volunteers and the board members and people that yeah. have been there, you know, it's, it's something that I trust in and believe in. And yeah, I don't know. It just yeah. fills my heart, I guess. Yeah. Like and I, I feel like it's important for everyone to have one thing that they're just really passionate about. For me, it's supporting women's shelters. That's huge for me. And it's not because I came from a family that needed that or anything. I, I just, I don't know, I have this calling yeah. to be able to, I feel so blessed that I have a great husband and that I've had a really great upbringing and that I haven't needed a shelter, but just we're all one decision away from being in a shelter, I feel. And mm-hmm. so there's, yeah, there's a kind of a calling on my heart, like you're saying, to to give back to that organization. And I build that into my business. Right. And, and so I encourage everyone and even listening you know, like really pick one, pick one that you can get behind. And whether that's donating your time or your uh, skills, your connections or money, just do something so that it's really, it's your way of giving back, but also your way of feeling so rewarded. I'm sure yeah. that's how you feel in yeah. what you do. Absolutely. And I think sometimes people feel overwhelmed, like they need to do all these things. And yeah. I think, you know, the way you simplified it, just pick one and one thing, you know, you can't do all the things. That's why there's all the people, but if we all just do one, it makes a big difference. Exactly. Exactly. So what advice would you give someone who's like, I've got this wild idea and maybe it'll work and maybe it won't. I don't know. Where do I start? Like what, what advice would you give someone? I think at first time, my advice would be like, connect with why do you want to do that thing? Hmm. You know, like, what is it about that thing? What is your why? What, what is really driving you to want to do that and get clear on that? I think if it's from a place of, of passion um, and something in your heart that really wants to do it, I would find ways to pursue it. Um, and the ways to pursue it aren't always, you know, quit your job and go all in. Sometimes they're start slowly mm-hmm. on the side and, you know, um, don't burn yourself over out over it just you know push it along um I think you know that's where there where it would be really fulfilling sometimes if it's just about money and you think it's going to make you a millionaire and you're going all in and it's just about the money I I think most of those are the businesses that fail when they're just about the money from the start yeah yeah exactly I was gonna or or that idea it's a quick win a fast you know buck it never is so you want to really love it (laughs) and want to do it or it's going to burn you out pretty quick. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for you being philanthropic, I know has been really important your whole life. Mm -hmm. And so you shared with me earlier that you've really been that way since you were like 10. Right. And so how, how, (laughs) how are you philanthropic when you were 10? I guess I just aligned with people that also were and it was just something in me. Um, So, you know, I had a friend when I was 10 and we, you know, really cared about the animals and the rainforest and the Amazon. And at that time, the body shop, you know, had these 
I guess, postcards that they would put out where you could, you know, if you raise money, you can save an acre of the, of the rainforest. And, yeah. and, um, yeah. and so that's what we did. We literally went door to door and asked for money and showed this is what we're raising it for. And people wow. trusted us and gave us the money and we saved some acres of rainforest and for whatever period of time was in that contract. And, you know, that's <laughs> the first the first time I really remembered, you know, doing something where I'm raising money for a cause and, and being very conscious about what that cause was and why I was doing it. Yeah. Wow. Um, I love it. So there's a lot of you really trusting your gut with things absolutely, and what you're drawn to. And I think that's really good um, advice to be giving people to be thinking like, where are you drawn and what are you interested in? And then just follow that. Mm -hmm. Um, But kind of as we wrap up here, what three qualities of yourself do you feel have helped you through the years? Because you've done so many different things, achieved lots of great things, but what three qualities about yourself or what three adjectives would you use to describe yourself that, that have helped you through that? I mean, I've always had an entrepreneurial mindset. It runs in my family. My dad's an entrepreneur. Um, my great grandfather was as well. So that part is sort of, you know, instilled in me, I think through DNA. Um, but it's helped um, and, and having curiosity. I think, you know, when you said intuition, that's a big one as well. And trusting that. Yeah. And I'd also add in there passionate and bold because not everyone can just be like, and I'm going to go travel Africa and I'm going to start a business, even though I've never done anything in this realm before. Right. And I'm going to jump on Dragon's Den. There was a lot of like bold moves that you made. Right. And, uh, that's what probably helped you to move the needle in, in a lot of areas of your life. And uh, yeah, I guess, and, you know, not being afraid of change or not being afraid, you know, to try something new. I don't really think of myself as bold, but you know, when you put it that way, I suppose it is, but it's, it's never something that was, I think sometimes people look at it. If that's something that they would be scared to do themselves, you know, it comes across as bold to some people, but to myself, I don't know. It doesn't. Yeah. It's it's not, Yeah, it's not like a big achievement to me because it just feels like if it's in your heart and something you want to do, then you find a way. And you step into it. Yeah. 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 I can relate a little bit because I often have traveled by myself and I also moved to Japan for three years. Mm -hmm. And so I've done these kind of things. And sometimes now as a mom of two, you know, settled, settled down and have a home and a business, everything. I kind of think like, wow, who was that girl that was so bold as to be like, yeah, I'm going to go live in Japan or yeah, I'm going to travel across Canada and now live in BC with no job and no place to live. I'm just going to jump in my car with my boyfriend and go. So there are times when I've done these bold things, but I also now I'm in a different stage where I'm like, I'm doing different bold things. And so I should say, I've always had strong mentors. And so it doesn't, you know, you have to have that support around you and mentors and coaches are really important. I think sometimes is when we think we need to do all these things ourselves and that we just know it all, but really you need to have a team around you that that supports you. And if it's not immediate family or friends, find other people outside your circle that will support your dreams. Yeah. And if we take it right back to that conversation with your friend, it's also having good friends around you who will push your boundaries and ask you the right questions so that you can really tap into what you want in life. So you can be the happiest possible. Any, uh, any final words you want to share with the listeners today? Follow your gut. If it's something you want to do and it keeps repeating in your mind, find a way to have, you know, make it happen. And, you know, if you were at the end of your life, would you regret not doing that thing? You don't want regrets like that. You can make mistakes along the way, but you don't want regrets. You don't have regrets of things you didn't do. Yeah, true. Very true. Well, thank you so much, Jennifer, for sharing your stories and sharing how your successes of how you've been able to build a business and move on and do all this traveling. I think it's really inspiring. And that's why I love bringing on women like you that I meet 
street in order to inspire others to do something similar or to be able to see some of the steps that you've done and be able to follow those. So thank you so much. And uh, to our listeners, share this podcast with someone you know, someone that's maybe building their business and needs a little bit of inspiration or someone who wants to be more bold or follow their passion so that they can hear Jen's words of wisdom. And make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss out on any other future dynamic women that you really need to hear from. And so I wish you all the best, Jen. Thank you so much again for being here. And everyone listening, stay dynamic. Bye. dynamic women for joining us today please hop on over to itunes to subscribe and leave us a review who do you know who needs to hear our message we'd love it if you'd share our channel with your friends and family if you're ready to be more dynamic have more balance and more success head over to www.dynamicwomenclub.com forward slash free gift for your key to success book stay dynamic